Good day to you, and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now. Gifts, gifts. Uh, we're actually going to be in Ephesians, and I chose to skip over some gifts stuff this morning, and we'll talk about some other time, but I, I need you to know this morning that the last place we want to be is to know that we had a gift that never got opened. Can you imagine? I mean, it happens sometimes. People give a gift to someone at Christmas or whatever the case is, and maybe it gets lost or maybe it gets forgotten and it doesn't get opened. Can you imagine? And God gives us gifts. He wants us to open those gifts and use them. Amen? I think that's a word too this morning. All right, let's turn to Ephesians this morning. Ephesians 4. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4. Amen. I'm going to skip around a little bit in here, but we'll just jump for starters from verses 1 through 7. 1 through 7 in Ephesians. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord. Now, this is Paul. And remember, he's talking to us. He's writing to the Ephesians, who is the body. And they have specific things going on with them, just like in Philippi, they have specific things going on. In Corinth, they have specific things going on. But generally, he's writing to us. Everything in this word is given to us. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And I love one translation that says, one bread, one bread. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now skip down, if you will, to verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Verse 20, But you did not learn Christ in this way, and indeed you have heard Him and have been taught in Him just as truth is in Jesus. 
that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness to the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. I'm going to pause there for a moment and tell you a story. My mother has an aunt who had several children. And she was a godly woman who pursued God and was in church all her days was a beautiful, intelligent woman who had been a nurse. And even into her old age, she pretty much remembered you, even if you were a great nephew and that type of thing. And um, mom, help me, how many children did she have? About eight? Ten. Ten. Had ten children. Ten children. And she lived to a ripe old age, but when she passed, there, there's a, a hiccup in the family. The, the boys won't speak to the girls. The girls won't speak to the boys that there was a problem right at the end, that they lived all their life in harmony and there was a problem at the end. And then they've given it up because they can't be tenderhearted and they can't forgive each other. And now a family is busted. A woman who committed her life to God, who raised her children as well as she could, and yet they have a hardness in their heart. I'm praying for you this morning. If that's you, you need to pursue God and ask for help in forgiving. Because that is the freedom that we have. Let's read on. We're going to read in chapter 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Say love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immor immorality or in any impurity or any greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks." For this you know with certainty that no immoral, impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light, say light, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. And for this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil." So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful this morning for your word, Lord God, and we pray, Lord God, that your word will teach us that just as it says that we will be learning, Lord God, what it is that you will have us do. Father, we thank you for this word of instruction to us, Lord, that uh, it isn't always this um, big, uh, joyful message, Lord God, that sometimes we have to get strong because we have to go deep. And so this morning, Lord God, we want to go deep and understand how it is that you want us to walk, that you want us to walk in a godly way, that we're to put the darkness behind us in an evil world, as it says, and, and, and in the darkness of this world, Lord God, that we need to put that behind us and we need to walk in the light and we need to be children of light so that the light will shine to all men and women, Lord God, that they may be saved and become light, Lord. Give us this strength. Give us this power through your Holy Spirit, God, to be bold and to go out and proclaim the gospel, Lord God. Not always with words, but with our actions. That people will look to us and say, yes, I believe because I understand that this person has a walk that I can trust. And so God, speak to our hearts this morning. Plant your seeds in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you've missed the past few weeks uh, here, then you've missed our review of being the salt and the light to the world. Uh, you missed how significant our posture is as it relates to hearing from God as well as having God hearing from us. We learned last week in the scriptures that because of, of, of how we humble ourselves, God will hear us. We also learned a few weeks ago that He has to humble us to get us to hear Him. And that it would be far better for us to be in a position of good posture of humility instead of Him having to kind of put us on our face. But I'm pretty stubborn and I know I was one that He kind of had to get me on my face before I would listen. Our posture makes a difference. We looked at many examples of having humility places us in this posture that best allows us to hear from the Word of God and even from Him directly. But most importantly, we learn that it's the root, that the root of genuine humility is love. We looked at Jesus and when He chose a towel, He girded Himself with a towel and He began to wash and dry the disciples' feet. He chose a towel. John 13 said, Jesus having loved his own loved them to the end. Say love. We can't say it enough today. 
I'm going to stop there for a moment and tell you that I struggle with that word. That even as a Christian, I can't fully wrap myself all the way around this word love and what it really means. And, and there are times when I feel like I'm walking in the Spirit and I'm close to God and love is easier for me. And then there are times that I, I don't know what happens that I'm not listening well, I'm not disciplining myself to be in His Word, and then love seems harder. It's easy to get upset with all the traffic in this area. I struggle with this. I, I, I have to confess. And there was a time when I didn't, and I would say, Lord, I'm just, I'll get there when I get there. Now it seems I'm busy and I'm in a hurry, um, and we struggle. But you know, it's even in those little things like that that we have to demonstrate love. And we have to demonstrate being tenderhearted and, and being kind. Love. Jesus said, I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. When he washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, do you know what I have done? I have given you an example. Posture of humility, the work of a servant. All are birthed out of genuine love for one another. Let's take a look at Ephesians 4 and 5 just a little closer. Let's reread verses 1 through 7 and 4. Ephesians 4, 1 through 7. It says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord. Paul wants to make clear. Listen, this is important in your walk. If you're in the middle of a struggle, especially because of the gospel, then you're not, you're not in the middle of that struggle for the world. You're in the middle of that struggle for the Lord. Paul is not a prisoner of wherever he's in prison at. He's chosen the life that makes him a prisoner of the Lord. I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Don't let that go in one ear and out the other. There's great meaning to this. Christ died on a cross for us and he has called us to a ministry. And we are to walk worthy of that calling. It says in verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance. Now, we're not talking about the world's tolerance. This is a different tolerance. The world's tolerance has nothing to do with love. It's just a, a code word they use to say, uh, you need to do it my way or you're wrong. And that's not what the biblical tolerance is. The biblical tolerance is, is when we use the term EGR for extra grace required when someone, and maybe someone's rubbing you the wrong way. We had some campers checking in, and to be honest with you, um, um, Joe was like, well, he, he didn't have much hair. He was scratching his head anyway. And they kept changing their appointments, but part of it was because they had, they were trying to get five or six family members all together it's like herding cats. But if you're on the receiving end of that and they change and they change and they change and they change and when you make the changes and they don't recognize uh, or, or, or you didn't hear them as they wanted to be heard, they, they, get, they get a little emotional, they get a big, big deal about that. But it's a time for us to show humility and extra grace and tolerance. It says, tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, 
just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. Pastor Carl talks about that. There's a, there's a chosen. You are chosen from the foundation of the world. Jesus desires that all men and women come to know him. But then he gives you a calling in your life. You need to talk to him and listen to him and seek him for what, an understanding of what that calling is. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And as I said before, I have a note in here in my Bible. One scripture says that they were one bread. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Skip down to verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness with greediness. Does that describe our world today? Really, things haven't changed. And let me just encourage you that it's probably not as bad as now as it was in Rome. They aren't, they aren't taking Christians and putting them on a lamppost and setting them on fire. I'm not saying it won't happen. But it's not now. Keep it in perspective. Evil has been here since the fall. God has made a way of escape for those who will say yes. But there are those who have a hard heart and say no. And this is the result of it. Verse 20. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, then in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted accordance with the lust of deceit and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so as I'm reading this and I'm asking God, Lord, how, how is it that we renew our mind? Well, you know the answer and I know the answer. We pray and we read scripture and we hear from God and he renews our mind. This word is like the washing of the water of the word, the Bible says. It will help us renew our mind. God has called us to renew our mind. It is easy. We said it. Two beings beat within my breast. The one is cursed. The one is blessed. One I love, one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. Do you want your spirit man to dominate? Then feed your spirit man. Your flesh going to dominate? It's because you're feeding the flesh. I know it's kind of a word here. I didn't say it. I'm just telling you what it says. And it says to put it off. Lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. You will be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. These are verbs. Take stuff off. Put stuff on. There was a, uh, there was a quote going around a, a few years ago that said this. Don't lean on your shovel and pray for a hole. You with me? And this is kind of what Christians do. They want to lean on their shovel and pray for a hole. We, we, we want a greatness in our life, but we don't want to dig at all. You know, the Bible says the battle is the Lord's, but it says the men ready the horses. Men and women, okay? Ready the horses. The women ready the horses in this group. Amen. And I'm here to share with you that we have a part, that it's a verb, that 
We have to take stuff off and put stuff on. We're taking off the old man. We're putting on the new man. This is an action that we must do. So don't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. Uh, we need to do our part too. It's foolish that we would think that we should just do nothing and, and expect a real change in our world. Look at what he says in verses 25 through 32. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. So what's that telling you? The devil gets an opportunity when you take your anger to bed with you. Now, listen, it's not just to bed with you, okay? It's kind of a saying. Like when you have prolonged anger, you give Satan opportunity. You have to bring that anger before the Lord and get washed of it. You have to seek forgiveness. Bitterness is not something you can afford. God wants us to walk in forgiveness so that we can forgive. And do not give the devil an opportunity. In 28, of course, none of that applies to us in here. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands, which is good, with someone who has need. You know, uh, there's a lot of ways we can, we can steal. Uh, we've talked about it before in here, sometimes uh, in our work, if we're not giving 100%, in a, in a sense, it's a theft. In, a, in our marriage, if we're not giving a, 100%, it's a theft. And then he goes on to say, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. It is wonderful, and you guys have all participated in this. It is wonderful to be in a situation, maybe at a store or something, where there's drama going on, and y'all know what I mean by drama. Somebody's making a big deal or a fit that they didn't get 15 cents change or some silly mess, or that their cheeseburger didn't have ketchup on it. And isn't it wonderful when you can bring grace to that situation and and you say something in the moment that will give grace to the hearers and the drama dissipates. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Paul's not playing around. These are instructions for us. He is giving us instruction Love, here's the opposite of it. Put this bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander away from you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Before we move on to Ephesians 5, I want to turn to a very familiar scripture as a refresher, okay? And I will tell you, one of the issues with familiar scriptures is we tend to gloss over them. We tend to let them go in one ear and out the other. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's all turn there if you have your Bible. If you don't, we'll read it. 1 Corinthians 13. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your finger there in Ephesians. We're coming back. 
And we hear this at weddings and we, we hear this on sermons of love and, and we've heard it all our days in church and we have it on plaques in our houses. And I can't quote it, not verbatim. It says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and it is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. does not take into account a wrong suffered. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, then think like a child, reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have also been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three. But the greatest of these is, the greatest of these is, amen. Talking about how to be the salt and light of the world, and, and I've said this, it doesn't always come easy. It doesn't always come easy because our root is not rooted deeply enough in love. That real genuine serving and humility come from love. And listen, not, not every Christian, um, there are people, let me put it this way, there are folks who are not Christian who can love better than Christians because they love. If we're not careful, we've gotten in the habit of serving and doing things for folks and we've lost the reason and the motive. We don't understand what we're doing. The church has done wonderful things. When we went to Ecuador on a mission trip, we did wonderful things that we thought were good. But when we left there, we probably left them in a worse state than when we went. Because we didn't understand. What they needed was the gospel. They didn't need toothpaste. You know why? Because when we left about three weeks later, the tube was empty. And all we did was give them something that they can't have anymore. Are you hearing me? Because you're understanding in our heart and your motives. What are we doing? And it's about love. 1 John 3.16 says this. Of course, you know what John 3.16 says. But 1 John 3.16 says this. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Turn back with me to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. And to be honest with you, verses 1 and 2 really just sum it up. It sums it up. There's a lot of discussion here that we can move on and talk about. But he says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. 
Listen, when we talk about being an imitator of God, we have to understand that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You say, well, how am I going to be an imitator of God? Well, you have the clear example of Christ in here. So we're to be Christ-like. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love. Walk in love? What does that mean? It's what we're learning. To walk in love. To have it as the root. Have it as your filter of everything that you pursue and look through. That you need to make sure that your filter is love. And if it's not love, probably don't do it. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you this morning, God, and give you glory. Turn to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1. I'm going to read 1 through 13 this morning. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved for you in heaven, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof, and here's where we're going, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found and result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with inexpressible joy, full of glory, obtaining to the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace would come to make careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicated as he predicted the sufferings of Christ. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your, uh, com- uh, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls For a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Yes. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls. For a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Again, we talked about this last week, that Jesus chose a towel. Jesus chose a cross. He died to himself. He teaches us to die daily. Christ is our example. The Word became flesh. I want to share a brief story with you this morning of sacrificial love. 
Years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of southern Wales, carrying her tiny baby in her arms when she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard. She never reached her destination. And when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found by searchers beneath a mound of snow. But they discovered that before her death, she had taken off all her outer clothing and wrapped it about her baby. And when they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. She had mounted her body over his and given her life for her child, proving the depths of her motherly love. Years later, that child, David Lloyd George, grown to manhood, became Prime Minister of Great Britain and without doubt one of Britain's greatest statesmen. We're talking about love. We're talking about sacrifice. We're talking about giving of ourselves for one another this morning. Let's hear from Jesus as we close this morning. Turn to John 15. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, I pray that we will love better. Jesus says this in John 15. We're going to start reading in verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. If you would love a complete joy this morning, which was our word at the chapel, then there's your answer right here in verse 11. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And verse 17 sums it up. This I command you, that you love one another. It's not an option. It's not a good idea. It's not a recommendation. I'm thankful for Pastor Bill. I know that he loves people. And if I'm being honest, I know that I'm not that. I have some growing to do. He just loves people. He grieves, especially Marriages that don't work out. He, he grieves people when they come and he shares the gospel and they still walk away because he loves them. I pray this morning that we'll all have a better love, that this is not an option, it's not recommendation, but Jesus himself commanded us to go in love. So can we do that this week? Let's go in love. Amen. Let's pray. God, Paul talks about his words sometimes being sober. And Lord, I, 
I really don't choose to have a sobering word to us, Lord. I, I come every week in hoping to encourage and enlighten and, and, and make it easy for folks. But God, your word is truth. And Lord, the reality of it is this, this world is devoid of love. And Lord, we are the salt and the light. And we are called to be love in this place. So God, I pray that you would strengthen each one of our hearts that you would renew each one of our minds, that we would put off the old self and put on the new self. And Lord, that we would do it like you did and choose to love. We would choose a towel. We would choose to serve. We would choose humility. Lord God, we would choose those things that would, as it says, that you would be glorified by, that would bring you glory, God, even if it means we suffer or that we make a sacrifice, Lord, because it's easy to love those who love us. But Lord, your word says it's hard to love those who don't. But you've made a way. We trust you for it. We praise you for it and we give you glory. Lord, I'm praying this morning that you've put on the hearts of your people someone in their life that they've been hard-hearted to, that they need to, they need to make that relationship whole. They need to reconcile just as you reconciled us, God. And so, Lord, I'm praying that you teach us to love, that we will be better at love next week than we are now and the week after than when we are next week. And so, God, just increase our faith, increase our love. We turn to you for every answer in our life, Lord God. Thank you for showing us the way. Holy Spirit, guide us and fill us. And may we be bold with the power of love. And all people in agreement with that prayer said, amen. Well, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll bless you. Hope you have a good week. We'll see you next week. Um, we are going to have a year celebration on September the 11th. Uh, we'll be our one year here, and we're going to have a Friends Day that day. So be thinking and praying about who God would put on your heart that you might want to come and celebrate it with us that day. Amen. Amen. Well, you're dismissed. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware, where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. and a Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week. Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.